Hey, welcome to Simone J. I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And we're here to talk to you about Hare Krishnas. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Hare. Krishna Krishna. Um, Shu has already done seven remixes of the Hare Krishna mantra. I love it. I've been I've been singing it all week. Well, let's get into it. So what did you know about Hare Krishna's before we decided to do this episode? Nothing. I thought it was spelled H-A-R-R-Y. <laughs> I knew nothing about Hare Krishna. You weren't like, you weren't like, oh, they're, they're those people at airports in the orange robes or like. Yeah, I did know that. I asked Deacon if he knew anything about the Hare Krishna and he's like, they love airports. They wear weird clothes and they have weird haircuts. They, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I knew that they were like big in New York because of Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember one of the guys joins uh-huh. at the end of the show. Yeah, which isn't really because it was New York. It's because it was the 60s. Oh, okay. Well, I just knew they were like vintage and in New York. Yeah, because <laughs> they were. They were huge. Uh, they were huge in the 60s, and we can get into that. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know they're a branch of Hinduism. Like, I don't know yes. why I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's. I think it's because like most Hindu people I've met, it's been like, they're just like a normal fucking person who's Hindu. Right. And then Hare Krishna's are so they have the outfits and yeah, they've yeah. got the books and the subway station. And I was like, there's something else. I don't know what that is. Let's research it. Yeah. Well, we did. And and now we're going to tell you what we found. All right. Well, uh, well, first off, the Hare Krishna are not the Hare Krishna anymore. They're now known as the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Um, well, that is the name that they came to America with. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. So they're a branch of Hinduism, and it was formerly known as Gaudiya Vaishnavism, okay. which I'm never going to say again because that was terrible. Oh, that was one thing I wanted to mention up front is like I was reading about this and I'm like, we are just going to slaughter all of the names. Yes. Because I don't know how to pronounce these. Yeah. So it's um, going to be rough. So anyway. Okay. So the it started in the 16th century by Sri Chait. Anya of Bengal, and it emphasized the worship of Krishna and believed in the power of chanting the God's name over and over. And then Swami Prabhupada brought the movement to the U.S. in 1966, and it was called the International Society of Krishna Consciousness at that time. Oh, okay. And so that was his American name for it, which Uh makes sense because the other one um was challenging yeah so that's why we see in the 60s it kind of blew up in the u.s because this was the time where people were opening their minds and their consciousness and like there was this sort of popular thing of like people going vegetarian and homesteading and so a lot of those beliefs aligned with this um krishna consciousness movement and so it held a big appeal for the people who at the time were seeking 
Um, yeah. And the, the interesting thing to me was that at that time, for decades, like most Hare Krishnas in the U.S. were white people. Um, and um, now as of, shoot, look at me getting lost. Um, oh, were you going to say as of 2017? That's probably what I was going to say. What? That they have more than 850 temples and centers worldwide? Um, yeah, and I was going to say the majority of Krishnas in the U.S. now are actually Indian immigrants oh who are looking for nice. a spiritual connection here yeah so it had a reputation i thought it, i thought it was like a white people thing uh-huh because it was here for a long time right but it's not now. okay so um they also have 60 farm communities 50 schools and 90 restaurants oh okay because so. the diet plays into it which i'm so excited to talk about yes um Okay, so, like, the basic is devotees consider themselves to be monotheistic, um, and this is according to their sacred texts, the Bhagavad Gita mm-hmm. and the Bhagavad Purana. Yeah. And um, according to those texts, Krishna is the supreme god who oversees millions of demigods. So they're worshiping Krishna, but even though he's, like, their mangy, they are monotheistic because they have these other demigods and the demigods oversee the universal affairs. And they all have jobs. Like, it's like a bureaucracy. They report back to Krishna. They have different roles. Right. So. How exciting. It's pretty exciting. Um, uh, Krishna has a female counterpart. Oh, okay. Her name is Radharani. Oh. Um, and they believe that Krishna is the same god as the one worshipped or prayed to in the Abrahamic religions. Oh. So like when like Jewish people or Christian people are praying, um, the Hare Krishnas are like, yeah, no, we're all praying to the same dude. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I think a lot of people considered the Hare Krishna a cult. But, I saw that. But they're not. They're not. I There was some like sketchy shit that happened. Yeah. Which we'll get to. We'll get but, to. Um, I just thought that was interesting because I think it's like more the fact that they all have their outfits and they like part of their religion is preaching and trying to sell books from their founder. So it it seems very culty. And getting rid of your material possessions. And like there were some sects of it that were um, disowned by like the central international society for Krishna consciousness. Right. And well, having schools too. Yeah. It's very culty. It's very culty. Yeah. Well, now I might be on the side that it's a cult. Because like the minute they tell you to send like you need to spend all your time in your religious studies and you need to send your children to boarding school. Like that's what Scientology does. Yeah. And so that does sound kind of weird where it's like, no, you let us raise your children because you need to focus on your spiritual pursuits. Right. Um. Okay. But so traditional Hinduism, only men can be priests. Oh. But when Swami Prabhupada brought it over to the u.s he opened it up to men and women equally and i think it's because he fused western values with the pre-existing religious beliefs and i think that's pretty cool yeah um 
And then the mantra. Mm. I love the mantra. Oh, what? I'm going to make you recite it. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Oh, do I get to sing it like I sing it? You can sing it however you want to. Oh, okay. But um, first, I want to say mantra means to deliver or free one's mind. Um, Hare means the divine feminine potency of God. Krishna is the all-attractive one. And Rama is the reservoir of all pleasure. And so the Hare Krishnas believe that the sound vibration of saying the mantra has a direct impact on the soul. Oh. So. I think it does because I've been like chanting. (laughs) All right. It's what is it? 16 words? I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Do you want to recite it for us? Sure. However you see fit. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Here's how I've been saying it, but feel free to say it however you want to. Um, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Harry, Harry. Oh, fuck. I fucked it up. Oh, no. You thought you could go off script. I Yeah, I was like, I have it memorized. I don't. Here we go. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Harry, Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, 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 Harry, Harry. That's beautiful. Thanks. That's beautiful. <laughs> I loved every moment. So you just awoken our souls. Well, I hope you all feel better. Yeah. Uh, so ancient Indian philosophy says that the soul is spiritually asleep and this mantra awakens your soul to spiritual reality, and now it can connect with God. Oh, okay. So maybe we'll make a ringtone of you singing that. <laughs> oh, my God. So we can help people uh, awaken and connect mm-hmm. with God. I've been singing it at home. I've been singing it when I walk to the bathroom at work. Just, you know, in my kitchen. Um, I'll be like, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> um yeah that's so different it's a it's a nice remake of it i always knew what it was because when i was a kid i was obsessed with the musical hair and okay. i wore out my cassette soundtrack and then i got it on cd uh-huh. and i would sing the songs to kids at school because they had like naughty words on them oh. um but yeah there's a there's a medley where they they go Hare krishna 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 like it's very like dramatic and flowy and yeah yeah. um anyways everyone just listen to hair the original broadway cast recording um get back to me on how you enjoy that because you'll understand my childhood a lot more i'm gonna listen to i don't i've never never experienced hair hair. oh my god i've seen a couple stage productions of it the movie's okay Uh uh-huh i think it has Beverly D'Angelo is that the mom from the um, vacation movies the Lampoon vacation movies oh okay I think she's in it but I could be making that up hmm. Diane Keaton was in the original Broadway cast oh she was uh, I thought she was great yeah she probably was because she's amazing um, but the language understanding the language doesn't matter in the mantra it's uh-huh. the actual like power of the sound they say oh okay so. it's it's been in a lot of songs too yeah um, it was also in George Harrison's song My Sweet Lord which is a song I forgot about and I'm downloading because I fucking I love like that, that song yeah it's really yeah. good he was in the Beatles I, I'm starting to think was he like the better spinoff act she I think I been. might like George Harrison's solo work 
listen, two two old white guys talking. <laughs> Who was your favorite Beatle as a yeah, solo artist? Right? I like the guy that had the cat face. <laughs> Ace Freely? <laughs> From Kiss. I know. Yeah. I just love it. Just <laughs> uh, uh, a little kitty cat. Um, so, yeah. What else was it? Oh. In? I didn't write down any of the other stuff, but it just said it was in a lot of songs. Yeah. But um, I just wrote that one down because he was the only Beatle to fully commit to the Krishna consciousness. Oh. And he actually gave their UK branch um, quite a bit of financial oh, support. he did? Yeah. Ooh. So he's like really in it. Because, you know, the Beatles went to India for a while and were like, we're meditating. We're cool. Yeah, they actually cover part of that in um, Karina Longworth's series on You Must Remember This about Charles Manson's Hollywood. It oh, all comes okay. back around. Yep. Yep. Because yep. um, one of them met and dated Sharon Tate's little sister. Mm. over there at like some sort of guru retreat oh okay i obviously know all the details interesting I, but yeah one of the beatles dated little sister tate <laughs> in india while Lil they were tate. over there little tate okay we'll call her tater tot yeah and that's not offensive at all um <laughs> didn't they also meet um what's her name's her sister Oh, that actress. Who, Candace Bergen. And her name was Prudence. They, that's what the song, Dear Prudence. Oh, about. maybe. No, it was Mia Farrow. Oh. That's who it was. Yeah. What if and I'm confusing my stories? Prudence was like super about the meditation and like uh. really strict. And they were like just kind of not as serious. Oh, but we're rock stars. We are not really into it. Yeah. And they're like, what's up, Prudence? What the fuck? So now right, you know. Everyone <laughs> go This is two guys on your head about Beatles. <laughs> we have a spin-off podcast where it's us wearing bald cap wigs and pot bellies and we just talk like we assume that old men talk. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, um did you read about the seven purposes of the the Harry Krishnas? I probably did, but I don't remember. Do you want me to tell you yeah, some of them? Please. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me see. We have seven purposes of ESCON. Okay. <laughs> you know the international oh. whatever the fuck it is. ISCON. Because it's I-S-K-C-O-N. Okay. Um, anyways, one to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large and to educate all people in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. Oh, I did read this and it kind of triggered me in the way that when things are overly verbose but not actually saying something. Yeah, it's And total, I got angry I, about it because here's the thing with language. When you, you – there's a way to manipulate people and make something sound profound by using larger words or yeah. being overly uh, flowery or verbose in your language and then you're not actually saying anything and that's what I, I – I gave up on reading these. I was going to write these down and like summarize them and then I was like, eh. 
Fuck it. I'll just find it later, like when we need to go. Yeah. Okay, here's another. Let me just, I'll just summarize okay. then, because we don't need all that flowery bullshit. Yeah, don't trigger me, Shu. They, they want to find peace in the world. Okay. Uh, we all do. Yeah. To pro- <laughs> to propagate a consciousness of Krishna, um, as it is written in the two... Um, the Bhagavad Gita yes, and the and- Bhagavad Purana. Ew, that's like it, the girl. word well i listen to drunk duncan trussell's podcast and he actually is very familiar with all these books like he can accurately speak on them oh okay and so um i know how some of the words are pronounced just from hearing duncan trussell talk about them good yeah. okay cool um and and they say reincarnation is accepted so oh yeah i wrote in my notes reincarnation hindus believe in it <laughs> <laughs> Um, they sure do. But according to the Bhagavad Gita, whatever a person thinks about at the time of death determines the body they'll take on in the next life. Um, and deathbed thoughts shape the body and its features. So down to like, okay, you're going to be a human, but it'll determine your deathbed thoughts, like what eyes you'll have, what nose you'll have. Um, huh. Which is very interesting. But your death bed thoughts are determined by your actions in life so you should act good in life so you have good thoughts on your deathbed so you get to be a pretty person in your next life i see okay i'm working on it um okay here's the third principle is to bring society together and nearer to krishna um so they just want everyone to be a community and believe in krishna okay uh to teach and encourage the sec sec Kirtana movement? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and the chanting of the holy names of gods as revealed in the teachings of Mahaprabhu. Yeah. You know? The, the, you know. The leader. Yeah. <laughs> and number five, to erect for the members and for society at large a holy place of transcendental pastimes dedicated to Krishna. So they temples, they okay. want temples um, to bring members closer for the purpose of teaching a simpler, more natural way of life. I, I'm behind that. That's we the be first thing we said I like. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Um, and number seven, with a view towards achieving the aforementioned purposes to publish and distribute periodicals, magazine books and other writings. So okay. they need their members and leaders to write books so that the world can learn. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, but like, here's the deal is they'll give you their shitty fucking book. They'll put it in your hand. Yeah. And then they'll say, I want to give you this book, but it's going to be $5. (laughs) 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 And then they do have um, four principles that their leader, their founder wrote um, for living. Um, And that is no meat eating, including fish and eggs. Um, oh, I, I, can I expound upon that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know how we love food on this show. I love food. Um, okay, so they don't eat meat because they believe that animals are God's creation. They're children of Krishna and they have souls. And so to eat an animal is it's an affront to God. Um, and they also believe, this I can kind of get behind, they believe that slaughter is violent and eating that meat can give you violent thoughts or behavior. Oh. And, like, I just feel like there's a big difference between eating, like, an animal that was 
factory farmed and something wild caught. Like I really believe aside from the scientific like nutritional basis which is one way of expanding it but there is something different in what those are going to do to your body yeah like an animal that was like bred in a factory and like slaughtered versus something that was like taken down in the wild like those are very so like the experience of the animal i think does affect your body when it goes into it Uh um because i'm a harry krishna this is me coming out of the closet Um, but then also this is like our witch episode about the kitchen witch and putting good thoughts in your food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that cooking is spiritual and it's a pleasure for God, but they say never sample while you're cooking because yeah, that's where see, I get, how do you know if your food is tasting good or not? You have to taste it as you go along. Right. Yeah. It says, um, Krishna must be offered the first sample. But I'd be like, I need to make sure it's good for you, boo. Um, And they believe that food absorbs the consciousness of the cook. And they don't go out to eat for that reason. Because it's like, whose consciousness are you absorbing? Yeah. And I I do believe that as someone who actually doesn't like to dine out. um, I like... Yeah, I just whose consciousness are you absorbing? I would rather like go home and mindfully cook myself dinner. Right. So have, have you seen that movie like Water for Chocolate? No, and I need to because you've brought oh. it up so many times. <laughs> Twice. This is the second time. Well, so good. It's so good. But in that, um, the woman who's telling the story and the story is about she cooks and it like her emotions are directly connected to her food uh-huh. so she like in one scene she's spoilers i guess you yeah, haven't yeah. seen this fucking amazing movie um but she's like crying and tears get into the water and then or into the food mm-hmm. and when everyone eats it like they all start crying and feel like really oh. like grief really heavy so yeah i like i as someone who works in restaurants like that food so i mean there are restaurants where people really do craft food and put it on a plate beautifully but if they're really busy like that often isn't an option and i would say 90 percent of the time when you eat at a restaurant it's not someone creating a beautiful dish with the intention of nourishing your body it's them going through the motions and being like this has to go there there like they slop it on the plate and like there's it's very gross to me as Uh someone who has worked in kitchens for 13 years i just am like that's not appetizing to me that's not what i want out of food Mm -hmm. um and i would yeah i just prefer to cook my own food totes so you know when people now ask me why i don't like to go out to eat i'm gonna say oh i'm a hari krishna yeah you should and And tell them what you know what else i can't do i can't i can't have illicit sex oh fuck yeah no gambling that's fine uh no intoxicants Mm. so i don't really consider psychedelics to be intoxicants i believe they're tools for enlightenment so okay that's i think that like alcohol and speed and um like benzos i think those are intoxicants yeah but i feel like um psychedelics are different Uh those are tools Totally. So I'm fine. Yeah. I can still be a Krishna. Yeah. I don't I, have illicit sex. I just have sex with your dad. That's right. He loves it. Raw dog, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I um, I just realized that, like, you pretty much just have to be straight edge. That's fine. To be a Harry Krishna. I need a reason to explain my lifestyle to people. Yeah. Because I'm so sick 
Dude, please start telling people that you're very Christian. I'm very close to it because I do love to meditate. Uh, I want to garden. I'm not yeah. good at it. And honestly, I don't like the outdoors. I mean, because of where I live. But like, other than that, because people just always, I hate when people are like, oh, you're so disciplined. You're the most disciplined person I know. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh huh. Like, I make choices to follow what makes me happy. And like, it makes me happy if I work out. It makes yeah. me happy if I eat healthy. I put a lot of thought into my life and trying to, within the confines of, you know, crippling poverty, live a life that I'm cool with. But like when people are just like, oh, you're just Sydney's super disciplined. Sydney's my disciplined friend. And I'm like, do you think that I'm just sitting there? Like, I'm like, oh, I don't drink. So I'm just going to go home and stare at a wall. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hate that. And it's like, they're, it, that's not a good enough explanation for people. But if I say like, oh no, I'm a Hare Krishna. Like, that's why I don't. Because I've, I've actually told people who've like badgered me about like, oh, why don't you eat this? Why don't you eat that? Like I've, I've told people in the past, like I keep kosher. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes whatever. to get people stop judging and yeah. like pushing yeah, things. Yeah. Like get off my back. Like yeah. it's for some reason, if you say that it's like a religious thing, people are more understanding than if you just say not for me. Yes. Which I feel like is a good enough explanation. Like, what do you mean you feel like you were born in the wrong body? I mean exactly what I just said, you know? Um, but like people need like bigger definitions for like decisions. Right. You know, you can't just be like, I don't want to. You have to be like, I can't because God told me not to. <laughs> like I like if transgender people were like God told me I was supposed to be in a different body then all those Christian right people would be like oh I get it now God told them yeah it doesn't make sense if it's coming from their own internal sense of what's right, right. for them but if a fucking person in the sky says so fine yeah that's what's happening it's yeah. crazy I just really I I like to trust others abilities to row their own boat you know what I'm saying Totally. Like all the way down the stream. Yeah. Sail your own ship. It's your fucking ship. You you navigate that wind to whatever direction you want. Yeah. I agree. It's just like Moana. <laughs> Life. It's just like Moana. <laughs> um, you know some of the activities that the Krishnas do. What do they do? They like to sing their mantra in public places. They sure do. They they love that. Um, they like selling books written by their founders. Uh-huh. Um, doing street preaching. Mm-hmm. And also, um, oh, no, that's it. I just started to write about how I think they're culty. <laughs> they're super culty because they run <laughs> these work camps where you go on a meditation retreat, and they're but instead you just do labor all day. Oh, really? And then you do a little bit of meditation. Oh. And um, they're like, we actually just need you to help us clean our garden. Yeah, basically. Um, but I <laughs> We'll teach you our mantra. We'll teach you our mantra. Okay, here's 16 words. Now get to hoeing. Yeah. Get out in them fields. Um, I looked up, like, what's the deal with their hair? Oh, okay. What is it? No one knows. Oh. <laughs> uh, some people say it's because they want to keep their hair out of their face while praying. Like, your face is supposed to be exposed while praying. Uh, other people say, like, they shave their head to get rid of, like, excess. 
but um because they, they keep like a little bit a little on top right and so some people say they leave that to distinguish themselves from buddhist monks who are totally bald uh-huh and then other people say it is to protect whatever chakra is there Oh. And women don't have to do it because they have different chakras that are more important to protect. Okay. And other people say that's so God can pull them up. Huh. Um, but yeah, none of the reasons seemed like I couldn't find like a solid this is why they do that. Uh-huh. Um, but and then their clothes because they usually wear orange or saffron colored and that's just for men. And what do women wear? Well, Okay. There's all these fucking categories. It's like the gay fucking pocket bandanas of yore. Because <laughs> you don't need that anymore because you have to have grinder. Um, so, okay, for men, there's a category called Brahmakari. And this are these are people leading the celibate student life. And they wear orange or okay. saffron. And saffron's chosen because it's a really powerful, high-ranking whatever in Hinduism. Um, there's the Grahastra. And they're the married householder. And they wear white. There's the Vanaprasta. And they're living the retirement life. No statement on what color they wear. Oh, okay. I think you just wear whatever. Oh. Uh, and then you have the sannyasa, which is renounced life, which I think is you're, you don't want to get married. You're not married, but you don't want to get married. Uh-huh. And you wear saffron. Okay. I think that's it. Saffron equals no sex. Yes. Yeah, it's a good way. Yes. Okay. Thank God. Thank God you're here. Because really. Um, ladies, widows or those who want to stay single wear white. Okay. And I was thinking like I would definitely stay single if I wore white because you would just see all the stains on my clothes. <laughs> yes. Because I'm constantly eating. That's how I am too. I can't wear anything white. I get stains on my shirts. Every time I eat. I put on a white shirt to go to the grocery store the other day. Yeah. I immediately started my car and started driving and I poured half my coffee down my tits. It burned my boob. Uh Uh-oh. And I was not going to turn around. So I just went grocery shopping with a giant brown stain right over the boobs because that's my life. Yeah. I also have gotten chocolate on my butt because I was eating chocolate while driving and dropped it in my lap and then it melted in the heat of my buttocks. Yeah. And I just um, tied my hoodie around my waist because I was on my way to the gym and I said you just work out with that chocolate on your butt because you got to work off that chocolate. (laughs) You got to stop eating in the car. It's my favorite place to eat. I would seriously weigh 90 pounds if I could quit eating in my car. I like want to. I'm so open to the idea, and maybe we should do a show on hypnotism. Oh, I am okay. so open to the idea on getting hypnotized to not eat while driving. Because it is like smokers say when they quit smoking, one of the hardest things is to not smoke while driving. Yeah. I, and every time I buy a new car, I'm like, I'm not eating in this car. Uh huh. It's my favorite fucking thing. Huh. Yeah. And that's why I, it's the main reason why I detail my car so much because I'm, I don't want to have like granola crumbs everywhere. So I, I, cause I detail my car like once a week because I like, oh, it. really? I like a clean car. Yeah. That's good. I like a clean car. I mind the trash heap. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I don't, yeah. People will get in my car and be like, it still smells so new. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's because I just cleaned it because it was full of fucking rice cake crumbs. Uh huh. Cause it's the worst food. Anyways, if anyone has had an experience with hypnotism, 
and they want to write in about it. Yeah, please let us know. SimoneJPodcast at gmail.com because like that is like a thing that is so hard for me. When yeah. I buy groceries, I get a grocery store snack because I have to crunch on something while I drive home. I couldn't possibly operate a motor vehicle without also eating at the same time. <laughs> like... That's- yeah, it's pretty intense. But anyways, yeah, I would definitely stay single if I were white because uh-huh. I would just be also like when I get my period, like I bleed through everything. Oof. I be bleeding. I be bleeding. I be wearing them white pants, bleeding through them yeah. in my Mustang. I be bleeding. <laughs> I be bleeding. Um, <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my god uh witness now a woman's rapid spiral into insanity (laughs) i was just thinking about how i like to pick my nose while i'm driving oh yeah that's a good one too i can't do that though because if i touch anything inside my nose it just bleeds oh no that desert life i gotta start putting vaseline up there oh i yeah i used to get nosebleeds a lot just it's, from like the dryness. Yeah, just sneeze and then it's a river. Ooh. Oh man, that desert life. You know what else? What are they? Oh, 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 uh, sorry. <laughs> women who aren't widows. <laughs> women who aren't widows or trying to stay single, yeah. they can wear whatever color they want. They just wear sorry. Oh, they can okay. wear whatever color sorry they want. Oh, cool. Okay. Now you tell me what what else. Oh, I was going to say, do you want to go through over some of the controversies? Yes. Okay. Please. So the Hare Krishna are not without their own drama. No. Even though they're all peace and love and vegetarianism. Save that drama for the Dalai Lama. Oh, <laughs> That was good. That was so good. All right. I've never heard that before. That was off the cuff. I love it. Okay. They had a program, or they do have a program still, called Mm -hmm. Food for Life. Oh. And um, this is a program that where they deliver vegetarian meals to communities. And um, this was criticized for being a major deviation from the original preaching mission um, and because they're delivering food without like chanting and without really giving it a good, they're giving, they're, they're just giving without, food away, which I appreciate because I fucking hate religious organizations who are like, Oh, you're hungry. We're yeah. going to let you smell the food, but before you can eat it, let us proselytize about our bullshit yeah. to you while you're hungry. Yeah. So they, they're criticized for, um, delivering it without chanting um the name of krishna and without preaching well i like those people yeah so do i because they're active in over 60 countries and serve up to 2 million free meals every day fuck yeah so controversy i guess not no okay but how about this (laughs) Um, (laughs) they had a number of internal issues occurring in the late 70s uh-huh. And on, especially within the decade following their guru's death. Oh, um, the founder. That's when shit always pops off. Yeah, totally. Oh, shit. Sorry. I just hit the mic. It happens. My bad. Um, in 1976, there's a case, People versus Murphy, um, in the Supreme Court of New York, and they found that the Hare Krishna are a 
religion with roots going back thousands of years. Um, and that's, I think that was happening because there were parents of two members who claimed that their children were brainwashed and in a cult. And they're like, no, they, they've decided to just live by that religion. Huh. Also, I didn't write any of this down, but I saw on the wiki that there were some child abuse allegations. Yeah, they admitted that there was abuse, physical and sexual, going on at their schools. Oh, shit. And so it's like, hey, send your kids to our schools and we'll handle them while you... But it's like, here's the deal. You have a bunch of wackadoos who don't know how to run a school. Yeah. And so... They're just like, we can figure it out. And like in this mix, you get pedophiles and there's no fucking infrastructure for like, what are signs of pedophiles? What isn't isn't appropriate because like you're working with no protocol. And so then they're like, well, what the fuck do we do once we find out? Because there's no infrastructure and there is something to be said for like established institutions because they've dealt with shit before. Right. So I'm not saying that's always true because, like, Catholic schools dealt with shit before by shuffling priests around. Yeah. They didn't deal with it properly. No. However, you have a bunch of people who've never done something before trying to build an institution. And um, it's easier for fucking criminals to slip through the cracks and abuse children. Definitely. So that is really sad. And I'd be so fucking mad at God if you're like, I'm trying to, like, pursue my spiritual thing and i thought this was right for god and then my kids were molested yeah that would be very upsetting oh i'd be throwing turnips at some people oh shit yeah not turnips not turnips. <laughs> all you'd be armed with you have to get rid of all your possessions and shave off most of your hair you don't have a lot of like recourse in these situations you know you're not like oh you know what I'm going to get rid of all my possessions except for my gun yeah. um, because I might need it in case this whole uh, spiritual pursuit goes bad and I have to shoot up the joint, you know? <laughs> like, you fucking get rid of the gun, too, when you join the Christians. That's true. That's you just, true. You're only armed with turnips. Turnips. All right. Well, I hope they're strong enough. Yeah. Make a dent. Um, here's another thing. Murder cases? What? What? Okay. Um... It's saying Swami. No, is this the guy who started it, Swami Paktivada? No. Okay, that this is a leader um, that was expelled from the organization in 1987 for various deviations. Oh. Okay. Um, he pleaded guilty um, before his 1996 retrial to one count of racketeering after serving eight years of a 20-year prison sentence. Um, and was released in 2004, but it says previously in 91, the jury found him not guilty on charges of conspiracy to commit the murder for hire of two devotees. Fuck! That happened with the Nation of Islam. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's happened within Scientology because people want to fucking take over the shit. Right. Your leader dies, and then they're just like people, and then when, when people think they have God on their side, they will do whatever dirty thing they see necessary because it it's in the pursuit. Yeah. And they just tell themselves that it's like, God wants me to. Yeah. But the, no, he doesn't. Um, yeah. But they did find him gu- guilty of racketeering and mail fraud. Good. So 
Um, and then there was this other person, Rasika Bhakti. Sure. Have you heard of this person? Uh-uh. Oh, he was a guru, and there's just, you know what? It's a lot to go into. Okay. But pretty much he was fucking up. Yeah. And they kept telling their devotees that they needed to, like, cut ties with him. Uh But a lot of them wouldn't cut ties with him. And so they they had to cut them off. Oh, and that was the sect that, like, separated. Yeah. They've, like, kicked him out. Yeah. Dude, gurus are shady. Like, yeah, he was doing a bunch of shady shit. You have to be like really full of yourself, first of all, to be able to be like, I am a guru and treat me as such. But then there's always these ones where it's like, it's like bullshit and they're sleeping with all their followers and like, um, that guy was doing it. Yeah, that's what was happening. What was the, um, movie that came out a couple years ago where the guy pretended to be a fake guru um, it's called Kumari, I think. Oh, okay. It's a really good documentary. And it's oh. not just totally like tearing people apart for having spiritual beliefs. But this uh-huh. guy tells people he's a guru. He's like an, uh, I, he's some sort of brown fella. He grows his beard out and he tells them he's a guru and he comes up with his own meditation thing. And for a year, he lives this life. And like basically at the end of it, when he tells people like, I'm actually a writer, I'm a comedian or whatever. And they're like, what? And some of them feel betrayed. And then some of them just are like, well, I still got help from you. So it doesn't really matter who you are. Um, But he just basically wants to poke holes in the like idea of like, who are these people that are presenting themselves to us as gurus? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'll find out what it is and I'll fucking post some shit on some shit. Yeah, let me know, because I thought you were talking about the movie with Mike Myers. No, that is not something I would ever <laughs> fucking mention, especially when I'm being recorded. <laughs> you know what movie I'm talking about? It's The Love Guru. The Love Guru. I've never seen it. Me neither. Um, I've seen a lot of previews for it, though. Yeah, I think it came out when I lived in New York, and it was on a lot of buses. And I was oh, like, okay. that's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's problematic? That. Definitely. Um. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, like, being conscientious and meditating and trying to connect to the divine is super cool. Yeah. But the minute you start over proselytizing your fucking bullshit, like just like do your thing and lead by example. And if someone is interested, they'll ask you about it. Yeah. I don't. Well, whenever it becomes an organization, it like. It's terrible. Things start happening. You know, there's cracks. Cracks in the foundation. And monsters get in. Yeah. Yeah gets all fucked up i mean overall i feel like they're they're just a a religious group that they're doing some good things they're like any other they've had some controversy yeah overall like i thought that maybe maybe they were gonna turn out to be a cult or there's gonna be like some crazy shit that happened but no not really no. they're just they're chanting they're preaching they want peace on earth yeah the, the their biggest fault is that they want other people involved in it yeah like that it's the most annoying thing about them is that they're like why can't other people just give up their worldly possessions and realize that like it's all about the conscious which is like everyone you know who quit eating meat for six days and is like oh my god i quit eating meat for six days and i felt so good and just everyone 
everyone needs to stop eating meat like right now. I don't know why everyone can't do that. It's like me on my sugar detox. I was like, do you even know how much sugar you eat in a day? Do you even did you know that there's sugar in that sauce right there? What kind of sauce is it? Actually, I don't care. There's probably sugar in it. You're addicted and you need a cleanse. You need to do a detox. But, like, that's never works. No, they're like, you're annoying and I don't want to eat salad for 10 days. Get the fuck out of here. They're like, the more you talk to me, the more I want to eat cotton candy, which is dyed fluffed sugar. Like, the more you tell me, the less I want to have anything to do with it. But in general, the Hare Krishnas, they want to wear some comfortable clothing. They want to... Uh, commune with the divine and awaken their spirits and they want to eat really good food yeah and so i i approve of all of that because like i like eating raw vegetables wearing overalls and yelling oh god when i'm like having sex with your dad <laughs> so i'm more or less a Hare krishna uh, that's awesome yeah. i'm gonna keep chanting okay it's fun all right everyone try it i'm gonna listen to george harrison's music Yeah, do it. All right. Well, happy hump day. Yeah, have a great rest of your week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.